This podcast is part of the Batman Universe Podcast Network, hosted by the BatmanUniverse.net. Check out everything related to Batman and the entire Bat family at the BatmanUniverse.net, including news and original content related to comics, movies, television, merchandise, video games, and more. Also, check out some of the other unique podcasts that TBU has to offer. Consider supporting this podcast by becoming a patron on Patreon. Even $1 can go a long way in supporting this content that you enjoy. Look for a link over at thebatmanuniverse.net to offer your support now. And now, on with the show. What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 226 of At 10G311. I am That 10G311, and joining me as always is Dane. Dane, how's it going? It's going good, Tim. Um, good to hear. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just wondering, did, did you try um, anything else besides At 10G311? Or, or, or was that your first and only choice? That, that um, like was something sort of like I want this username, but it was already taken. I remember I got it pretty. It was pretty quickly. I think the only thing that maybe I had to add was the G. I might have just tried at first Tim three eleven, and that might have been taken. But uh, after that, I just went Tim G three eleven, and that was it. I see. I see. I um, kind of totally unrelated, but I. It took me a while, but I finished. Uh, the last Ronin, number uh, oh, uh, good. four. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I got to hear your thoughts on that, too. Because yeah, I, I held back on some pretty big spoilers in that in my review on the last episode. So. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I, I I wish the stuff in uh, Japan was a little longer. Mm-hmm. Um, I wish they uh, sort of stuck with that. Because you can kind of see it where, you know, in the present timeline, in the future timeline, it's... Uh, you have to have a big battle in it, right? You're mm-hmm. you're battling Baxter Stockman, and uh, the Fugitoid is there. You're gonna plug him in and stuff. So I can kind of see, but uh, yeah, overall, I really I, I liked it. I liked um, Donnie's death and Splinter's death, mm-hmm. even though it was a little more uh, a little more faster, I guess you could say than um, than the other deaths, but. Uh, besides uh, Raph's one, um, but yeah, oh, overall I really liked it. I like that whole <laughs> ending part, that that whole battle sequence when they're trying to plug in the Fugitoid and Baxter mm-hmm. <laughs> Stockman gets fried, yeah. <laughs> electrified or whatever. Um, so yeah, uh, overall I really liked it. Nice, yeah, I mean probably gonna be a little bit of a wait for the last issue but still i i agree maybe because i i thought it was the best flashback yet with donnie and splinter that it did seem to go by quicker than the others but i haven't done a comparison exactly to find out if that's true but i know what you mean 
you kind of want it to be a little longer. Just because I, I love the whole setting, whether in Japan or with the Hamato clan, they're preparing for a truce <laughs> with the with the foot, but obviously it goes bad. And just a great battle sequence. Just I always love seeing Splinter cut loose and just showing his abilities, how he's pretty much unrivaled, except probably by Shredder himself. And it was just cool to see that. And then Donnie sacrificing himself to try to protect Splinter. Uh, yeah, I loved all that stuff too. So glad we're on the same page there. Now that long wait to the final issue begins. <laughs> I think we're getting it this year too. Or do you think it's a next I don't, year? I don't think so, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> I would be pleasantly surprised if we did get it this year. Maybe late December. Maybe. Yeah, <laughs> yeah if it's going to be anytime this year, it's going to be like December 31st. <laughs> or maybe, better yet, it'll be December 29th, the same day as the Book of Boba Fett premieres. <laughs> oh, yeah, right, right. I forgot. We got that premiere date. That was kind of because we knew right away when that end credit scene for the Mandalorian season two, that the book of Boba Fett was announced for December. I was hoping, Oh, hopefully middle December kind of maybe before Christmas. So we can get a few episodes in during like the holiday breaks and no, it's going to yeah. be on the last week <laughs> of December. I was hoping for uh, the book of bib, but <laughs> I guess he's not going to be around. <laughs> no, I, I think he got his come up into that end credit scene. <laughs> yeah. Uh, d- did not age well. Um, no, he he really let himself looks, go, uh, didn't he? <laughs> yeah, he, he looks even more disgusting than he did in uh, Return of the Jedi. Maybe he uh, just he's trying. He's really trying to fill in Jabba's shoes and just be really overweight <laughs> as the new crime boss on Tatooine. But maybe that was his thinking. Yeah, but I mean, at a certain point, you have to realize you, you you're never going to be a giant slug. Right. So you might want to do your own thing. Yeah. Tweetlicks can be pretty can get pretty large. We saw with the Senator Orfreen Ta in oh, right. Clone Wars and yeah. just more recently in the Bad Bats. So he was one of the more bigger set uh set Tweetlicks out there. But I think Bip Fortuna at least when you maybe because it's in live action, because we've never seen a Tweetlick be that big in live action before, at least that big close up. Because Orfrey Ta, you could see him in like background shots in the prequels, but Bit Fortuna did look bigger yeah. than him. <laughs> what did Orfrita do to be- betray the, the Twi'leks? He did something, right? He pretty much. Yeah, he pretty much just went loyal with the Empire. Really, <laughs> I mean, right? Sold them out. Yeah. yeah tech, I mean, obviously, he was in class, clashing with uh, Champs and Dula, the Freedom Fighters. Not once the Empire kind of yeah. showed the true colors in that Bad Batch episode. Because technically yeah. they won. They were fighting with the Republic during the Clone Wars. They won. And so it'd be natural for them to kind of go with the Republic turning into the Empire. But we all know how that goes once you start seeing what the Empire does to their planet. And probably as we know, they do to other planets, too. So I love how the Bad 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 Batch. <laughs> I think I said like Bad Batch twice real fast. But <laughs> <laughs> I just love all that two part Bad Batch episode on Ryloth kind of dealt with that whole scenario of the empire trying to show themselves as the like trusting new government that you knew that you already fought for as republic and in reality there's something totally different you know i was reading about the the kaminoans or you see i, I don't know if it's kaminoans or kaminoans because i've heard it both ways yeah it's kaminoans i think i fear that more yeah. that's what they're referred to the most as especially in the bad badge recently yeah because uh 
I, I, I was reading about them and they sound horrifying, right? <laughs> I mean, they're, they're eugenicists, right? Mm-hmm. They're, they're, they're trying to create the perfect clone. They're, they're getting rid of like certain aspects of, or certain quote unquote bad qualities of the clones. They're creating like clones that you can work to death, like literal work slaves that you can work to death. It doesn't really matter. Um, yeah, pretty horrifying those guys. So I'm glad, in a way, that <laughs> the empire sort of ended that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I, I understand. It, look at that it, way, it, but it, yeah, it threw uh, up a whole new set of problems. Horrifying <laughs> problems. Well, the empire is gonna. Well, they're probably planning to do that do even more worse things <laughs> Kamino yeah. probably would have if they perfected the cloning technology which I don't think they ever really did um, no. so but god I, I hated seeing Topoka City go under <laughs> yeah. it's a really cool shot it looked really amazing cool though yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Um, I, I did not know that Camino um, is pretty much uh Global warming has fully taken hold on uh, Camino. That's why it's a water planet. Yeah. Uh, I I would love to have more deep dive into Kaminoans and their history and even the planet Camino too, because there was another Bad Batch episode where they went to one of their early cloning facilities that probably was their first one where they tried to clone themselves and you see like these dead clone bodies of Kaminoans in these tubes and it's just like you said kind of peeling back the layers like the how, like I guess lack of better words horror aspect of it of what their yeah. ambitions were for cloning and all that so that, I don't know if we will get that anytime soon but I just find the whole cloning and Kaminoans and their history fascinating yeah it's, especially if they're going to try to connect it to um, I mean I don't know if they if is the Star Wars thing, but uh, it, it, especially if they're going to try to connect it to Rise of Skywalker. Oh, no, no, yeah, I think and, they definitely are. Uh, yeah. It's like Palpatine Snoke, getting everything so. he needs out of this early stage <laughs> to try to do that. Yeah. So Snoke and Palpatine, I wonder if they're going to try to connect like the entire story. I think to, so. Uh, even I think yeah. they're even going to tie it. I think the Mandalorian was going to be connected to that too, as we saw in season two, but in the Final shot of the Bad Batch season finale. You see the one surviving Kaminoan being taken into the Empire and the scientists that she meets. It's like wearing the same uniform as the Doctor in the Mandalorian uh, with the glasses. Oh my God, I just realized that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, so they're definitely making the connective tissues here. (laughs) (laughs) Which I'm all. Not only that. Yeah. Not only that, they're. they're, I mean, with this. uh, Ahsoka show coming up, right? Yeah. Are, are they looking for a uh, Sabine? Yeah. Mm. yeah. Yeah, at this point, I'll be surprised if I was shocked if her and Ezra aren't as well. Ezra has to be in it because I think he's the whole thrux <laughs> of, yeah. of the series. Yeah, he can't be out there with uh, Space Whales. <laughs> I hope we get to see the Space Whales or the Purgles in live action. That would look pretty sweet. Yeah. Uh, yep, lots of awesome Star Wars TV content to look forward to, which begins in just 
little over two months now with the Book of Boba Fett. I can't wait. <laughs> Plus, because there's that and, Disney uh, Plus day two coming out or coming on oh, November right. 12th, yeah. which we should get a sneak peek at a few of the stuff. Well, definitely the Book of Boba Fett and probably Kenobi because I know they're done shooting that. I don't think we'll get a full blown trailer, but we'll probably get a few quick shots or some type of teaser for that. And Andor finished shooting as well. So I think those are definitely locks to get some previews on uh, Disney Plus Day on November 12th. They finished at the same time, right? Just uh, about. Andor, yeah. yeah. Andor one. was shooting a little bit before Kenobi because I know it's longer. It's going to be a longer series. It's like 12 episodes. Oh, I see. Yeah, the Andor show too. I wonder what they're going to do with that. Yeah. Is, is, is it going to be like a... A spy thriller? Or I think so, be, yeah. Or like spy yeah. espionage probably type scenarios Cause, I'm thinking. Because I, I don't know, I would think it would be hard to connect like that sort of spiritual Jedi stuff in, yeah. with Andor, you know, so I'm, I'm hoping it's like a little more political intrigue, I guess you could say. Yeah, um, I, I definitely think Sort of so. like Rogue One was, right? Mm. It's it's pretty much that whole opening crawl of any hope, right? Yeah, exactly. And we'll probably, I think they even confirm we're going to see how he meets K2SO in the series. So yeah, there's that to look forward to also pretty, um, in the very near future. Yeah. So yeah, and not to forget about other TV shows on the horizon. The, we know that Lord of the Rings show is still coming. I think it's oh, yeah. confirmed for yeah. 2022, but... <laughs> <laughs> We'll see. We'll see if it makes that because I know it's been in production for a long time. <laughs> yeah, I I got uh, two shows mixed up because they're both with Amazon. Um, the Lord of the Rings one and that Wheel of Time. Yeah, mm. like, yeah, I got those two mixed up. I was like, oh my god, there's a trailer for the Lord of the Rings thing. Yeah, because they're both on Amazon too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're both on Prime. So I remember uh, a friend of mine telling me about the Wheel of Time, like. 10 years ago about the yeah. books and i always thought the name always stood out to me the wheel of time but i don't i'm not really too familiar with the story so uh, i'll probably check it out once it come on amazon the trailer like it didn't blow me away or anything but uh i'll, I'll just check it out because it's more fantasy stuff <laughs> so see if i get into it but I, that name always stood out to me as like a, a really cool name title <laughs> yeah my cousin was really into those books um they're they're really really long and there's like yeah that's what 12 I hear. Of them. <laughs> yeah. yeah like one of those things you really got to be invested in if you right. really want to get the full story so i tried to watch i mean uh read a uh, wheel of time i want to say 15 years ago when i was like in high school uh-huh in like those middle years of high school and from what I read, which is like a portion of the first book, is is it's about this kid that um, you know has. I think he has like he's supposed to be like this chosen one sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Okay, and he's from this small town, and these orcs or trolls or something attack his town, and he has to go with this soothsayer or like a like a medium or a psychic lady. And uh, they want to go on some adventure. I'm just not sure what the adventure is. Because then they can okay. get <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess we'll find out when the yeah. show starts. So you going to check out the series, at least the first episode when it comes out? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm interested because, I mean, 
I I read that first portion of that first book back in you know like I said 15 years ago or whatever. Sure, I still I still if the one thing you remember translates on the screen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. So yeah, that's coming this year, and then hopefully Lord of the Rings next year. I, I'm a little bummed because I think the that big 4K Blu-ray set I've been waiting for, but the Hobbit film and the Lord of the Rings film got pushed back another month. Supposed to be on October, now got pushed back to November. Like, ah, I've been chopping at the bit to rewatch all those <laughs> in 4K. Now I got to wait a little longer. But thankfully, to hold me over, we still get to do our minute by minute commentary of the Fellowship of the Ring. That'll get me through to never watch all the movies again in 4K. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, this one, we're going to be going from minute 15 to minute 16. And as always, you want to get your VHS copy, your Betamax copy, your Laserdisc, your HD DVD, your Blu-ray copy. Once the 4K sets, the Blu-ray will be obsolete <laughs> when I watch Lord of the Rings again. And then your um, Blockbuster membership card to go rent it, your Netflix physical media disc that you just got out of your mailbox, your DVHS copy, and then the one thing that will surpass the 4K box that I'll get, your VHS converted to DVD copy from your personal computer. So if you got all those things as you're waiting for the 4K set, I'll give the countdown. Dane, are you ready? Yes, I am. Three, two, one, play. As Frodo is about to jump off the wagon and their fun conversation between Frodo and Gandalf is over. Gandalf has some great facial expressions in that whole entire sequence. <laughs> I think I mentioned that last time, but it sure looks really nice, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> well, we probably said this like five times already as we're making through <laughs> the sequence of the Shire, but man, would I love to live there! <laughs> I love that shot of just Gandalf pulling up to Bilbo's house, just taken straight out of some classic Lord of the Rings artwork you've seen in the past. Oh, really? And great line by Gandalf. What about very old friends? It's a really big staff. <laughs> Especially when you're looking at it from Bilbo's perspective. Yeah. And we end on a nice tender moment with the reunion between Bilbo and Gandalf, which we'll have to wait to see what entails for them later on. <laughs> As if I, I don't already know what happens. <laughs> Stay tuned for the you next see. minute. You see that shot when uh, Bilbo hugs uh, Gandalf? Uh, That's got to be somebody on stilts, right? As I, Gandalf. You, and then, like, bending, bending down. <laughs> yeah, I think so. You can even tell where I think the wig that <laughs> Bilbo's wearing looks a little different in the oh, back really? of some of the other shots. At least yeah. to me, it does. So um, I totally, totally believe that. Oh, you, you know what I started reading? Um, Doom. Oh, you're jumping into that already. Yeah. See, I'm just I'm just going to go into the movie, see what I think of it. If I really like it and get into it, maybe I'll start diving into the books. But what are you um, thinking of it so far? You should read uh, the book, at least the first one. Yeah. It's. Uh, uh, go ahead. No, I was going to say, I don't think that's going to be possible for me to read it in time and finish it before the movie comes yeah. out. <laughs> yeah, definitely not. Um, it. I I didn't know how. I mean, I I guess it's because it's Star Wars. Star Wars 
has kind of ruined sci-fi for me where it's like i just cannot get into new sci-fi i know there's like that show no, chance, kind of that same right, way where it's like people are yeah yeah i'm sorry sorry to interrupt i'm just i'm the same way where it's like when i watch certain sci-fi things it's pretty good but it's not star wars <laughs> like, yeah like, yeah exactly exactly it's like yeah that looks pretty cool but it's not you know star wars um and like there, there's that show the expanse that everybody's like raving about yeah like, i've been told to watch that too. <laughs> yeah a lot of people i, I work with love Same. that show and it's just i I've, I've tried but i just can't get into it um but dune is something i didn't expect where it i thought it was like this adventure you know this sort of like kids adventure which star wars is that's why you call it a space opera right it's it's and like that term space opera was derogatory and and that it's lesser sci-fi no it's 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 sci-fi for for kids you know stuff like that and dune really solidified that for me so okay so like (laughs) if you're one of those people that are like you know start they're not making star wars for me anymore and you're above the age of i don't know 17 yeah you're right it's not being made for you star wars is for kids it's a kid's adventure um we just like it because we love star wars and we've become adults and we love what we love because we were kids when we fell in love with it right Mm -hmm. and um so i guess that's just a long way to say like dune is (laughs) and it's a weird comparison but it's Dune is Star Wars if Star Wars met um, Game of Thrones. Mm. Well, it sounds it's, like a, it's a good combination. <laughs> yeah, it's like that perfect combination of like political stuff and like backstabbing. And you have a character that is this chosen one that's, um, you know, like there, there's this. I hate to say it, but it, it, there's this cult in Dune called the Bene Gesserit, right? It's okay. supposed to be, it, it, it kind of sounds like the Jedi. Um, they don't have laser swords, but they do have these psychic powers where they can look back in time, right? And they they have, like, these powers of persuasion, so they're, like, force will or... Um, you know, like like Obi-Wan in A New Hope where he makes the stormtroopers say what he wants them to say, right? Okay. So so th- there's that connection. And um, uh, Sandcrawler is another connection. <laughs> uh, Sandcrawler, uh, it, it, they, they use it to mine the spice, right? And, okay. Uh, <laughs> So there's that word too, spice and spice, right? Spice and Star Wars and spice and and Dune. Um, so yeah, the, there are these connections, but and you can tell that <laughs> George Lucas definitely took a little from 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 Frank Herbert. <laughs> yeah, and I know that all along too. Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll probably see some Frank similarities Herbert. in there. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm surprised Frank Herbert uh, didn't try to sue. It's or, or or did he? 
Not that I was aware of, but yeah, yeah, but um, yeah, it's that perfect combination of you know, uh, like I said, Game of Thrones and Star Wars, where you have that fantasy element of you know this kid Paul is the chosen one, and um, it now his mission is totally different. It's totally, totally different. And if 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 you are gonna read it, and if you are gonna watch the movie, I don't want to spoil what he is the chosen one for. Mm, uh, okay. You know, it, Anakin was the chosen one because he wanted he's gonna bring, bring balance to the force, right? Um, this one is vastly different. Um, we were talking about the the. the Kaminoans earlier, and um, it's a little close closer to that storyline. Mm, interesting. Okay. To um, than it is to the chosen one in Star Wars, right? Um, yeah, it's a little controversial. <laughs> you can definitely say that it's 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 very controversial, especially in the the, the world we live in today, but. Um, he his his whole mission is he's trying to not do that. He's trying to not be that person. Um, so yeah, um, I really love Doom. Uh, I'm gonna complete it and I'm gonna try to read the three other books um, or the two other books. And uh, I definitely recommend it. And from from what I've seen and what what I've heard, uh, looks like this Doom movie is is really really good too. So yeah. yeah. Lots I'm hearing too, and it looks really good. The first trailer is like, oh, it looks okay, but didn't really wow me. Maybe go, man, I really have to see this. But the second trailer kind of had that effect, where like, man, this looks really cool and something that'll be worth checking out. So I'm yeah. definitely looking forward to seeing the movie. I think it comes out in two weeks. Is it two weeks or is it uh, next week? Uh, let me double check real quick. Yeah, it is. Yeah, October twenty second. So yeah, two oh, weeks. Second. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, um, just uh, are you gonna go to the theater and see? Are you gonna watch on HBO Max? No, I'm gonna watch on HBO Max. (laughs) Um, (laughs) If if you are a Star Wars fan listening to this, uh, definitely expect something different. Um, It's a lot darker than Star Wars is, not in the sense of like, you know, they have the Sith, right? The Mm. Sith are the dark sort of characters that use hate stuff. It's more. it's more in the sense of like Game of Thrones where there's a lot of political betrayal and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, J- just expect something completely different with some familiar themes because, you know, Dune was before Star Wars. Yeah. So, yeah. So, I mean, the more I hear about it, the more kind of excited I am to check it out for myself and to see if I if it's as good as everyone stated, because <laughs> I've heard nothing but good things about the story just in general for the movie. Everyone's, I know every, the, some hardcore dude fans that I know are really excited about the movie and think it looks like it's going to capture what they love about the book. So it's probably, hopefully it's kind of be like Lord of the Rings <laughs> where yeah. that was almost impossible to do as a movie to kind of hear the same thing about Dune. So we'll see yeah. if it gets on that level. <laughs> apparently this first movie is only half the book. Yeah, half outside of the, book, of the yeah. first book. Um, so yeah, you, you're getting a lot, and it's uh, it's quite a trip. 
I mean, you go from one place to another place, and it's like, oh my god, like how did we get here? Um, it's. <laughs> I would definitely recommend reading Dune before watching the movie, but you know, just watch the movie. Uh, I'm sure it'll be fine. Kind of the opposite too, what we've heard or what's been done with other movies, where usually it's the final book that gets split into two. Um, but now they're doing it for the very first book, <laughs> which is good. I mean, because if you want to capture all everything important in that first book, and if you need more time to do it, might as well start the series right off the bat by splitting the first book into two movies. So I wonder if they'll have to do that with all of them. So you just said there's only three books, or how many books are there in the series? I think there's like five, but then five. Okay. I, I think the original story was uh three books all published at once okay yeah so but we might be looking at 10 movies <laughs> if each book's gonna be split into two i heard the last two aren't as as good as the first three but you know i i'm still in the first book so yeah, yeah. well i guess we'll see once we get to that point and if, and if the movies get to that that far ahead yeah um I was going to ask you, uh, we were talking, or I was talking about Game of Thrones earlier, how similar Dune and Game of Thrones, I mean, that, like, like what they have in common. Do you remember what uh, Sean Bean did, uh, Ned Stark did to, um, or how he was betrayed? I can't remember. Um, it's been a while. So <laughs> Why did yeah. I first see that I read the first book? Because uh, I know. Uh, it was because it was before what he was trying to reveal about Cersei and Jamie Lannister and uh, oh. Joffrey being their kid. Like he found that out, but I wonder if you if he was betrayed him. Oh, he, before yeah, he, he knew exposed there was that. another kid. He, yeah, he knew there was another kid. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think that was it. Was that it? Yeah, because I remember he was trying like him because that was that moment where he, him and his soldiers kind of get ambushed in the alley and he has a short duel with Jamie Lannister and that's where he gets taken into custody for the first time. Yeah. Right. And, right. and then, but not, well, I shouldn't say that I got taken in custody there. It was when he went to go confront, uh, I mean, I see, I, I gotta go back and remember character's name now. <laughs> like, why can't I remember, uh, the King's name? Baratheon. What was his first name? Oh, anyway, <laughs> Uh, Robert, 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 Robert. Okay, man, I feel yeah. I feel awful. <laughs> yeah, I knew it was something normal. I, I knew it was. Yeah, like, ty- it was ty- when Darth Tyrannus. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it was when Robert Baratheon wrote him that note to show to kind of say the truth that Ned was or Ned was going to be in charge because he knew he'd like you don't want Joffrey on the throne. So once yeah, Ned went to the throne to show Cersei that Joffrey was already on the throne. Anyway, that's when he got. Uh, betrayed by Littlefinger and got taken into custody and all that stuff. So just kind of throwing the whole uh, treason aspect at him or crime at him when it, that wasn't true. But that's what I remember the main things being the reason why. But I, that's another, I got to get that 4K box set too and <laughs> rewatch that because I've kind of been getting, uh, wanting to revisit the whole series as well. So oh, that box set is all of the, all of the seasons? Yeah, all eight seasons. Oh. oh, that's expensive. <laughs> I'm, I'm waiting because it is because I think the normal retail price is like two hundred 
fifty yeah. or something like that. But I have seen it on sale for like a hundred and fifty or something like that. So I got to look out to see when it's on sale again, which I'm kind of hoping it will be like during November or the Black Friday time and all that stuff. And I might snag it up. If if there was a a 4K box set of the Clone Wars or a 4K box set of Game of Thrones, which one? And you can only buy one. Which one would you buy? It's not come on, it's a no-brainer. Clone Wars box set. <laughs> uh, I, just, I thought it, I thought it would be hard for you to. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, but the hard choice would be. Clone Wars 4K box set, Batman the Enemy Series 4K box set. <laughs> oh, right, right. Yeah, which one would you buy, Tim? Uh, see, I don't even want that decision right now. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it depends on how, which one's more, you can notice the difference in quality more between the 4K and the Blu-ray. I have a feeling Clone Wars, you might notice it more since it is more modern than Batman the Enemy Series was. And I'm not yeah. sure how much the 4K will upscale or the quality too much than what the Blu-ray already is for Batman the Animated Series. Or which one would be more rare, right, to to find? Yeah. I think like, Clone Wars might be, because to be honest, I still see some of the box sets of the Blu-ray Batman the Animated Series. Not the collector's edition like I have, but just the regular yeah. ones out there seem a little more ready to find than any Clone Wars blu-rays or box like that one box that they released of the first five seasons so maybe the clone wars one would be more rare yeah what what came in that um ultimate edition of the, the box set for uh the animated series um you got you got this like a booklet that comes with it and then some funko pops and then some like like this po like those foil postcards that look pretty cool then mainly it's the packaging. I like, I just love how like the fancy booklet that you get it where all the discs are in. It just it seems more classy <laughs> that the Batman the Animated Series set would deserve. I see. So, um, the Superman Animated Series one's coming out later this month. And once that's out, all the main DC Animated Universe shows would be on Blu-ray. Finally, in HD, <laughs> have all of them. <laughs> Yeah, you got to get that one too, Tim. Of course, yes, I do. Complete the set. Complete the set. It will, yeah. It would bug me if I didn't have all of them. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder if they're ever gonna put um, the, uh, or they're ever gonna release a 4K version of the X Men animated show. Forget 4K. I would just love an HD remix or remaster of those. <laughs> those look really bad on Disney Plus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're all fuzzy. They're popular and have a strong fan base, yeah. similar to Batman the Animated Series. I don't know why. Excuse me, why they haven't felt the need to uh, to remaster those in HD? That and the Spider-Man Animated Series. I would love it if those got HD remastered. Hmm. When Disney yeah, put out some why. of that money. <laughs> 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 but speaking of Spider-Man and Marvel stuff. Um, might as well get into what our feature topic is going to be for this episode. And that is going to be my review of Venom, Let There Be Carnage, which I did see last weekend. And But we go into this full spoilers on this one. So if you haven't seen it, if you don't yet, by the time this is out, 
this episode's out. The movie went out two weeks by now. So if you haven't seen it yet, I don't know if you care about spoilers or not, but <laughs> you might already know what happens. And that's besides the end credit scenes, there's not too much of huge spoilers in the movie, but we'll get to the end credit scene. And Dane, I'm sure you don't care about spoilers for this movie, so <laughs> I'm just gonna go yeah. full blown. Still haven't seen that first one. And, yeah, um, I I still uh, I did not see this one either. Um, my my dad did, and he uh, did not like it, which is weird because he he usually likes anything Spider Man, like mm-hmm. he. Like I said before, he likes that third Spider-Man movie, to, uh, Tobey <laughs> Maguire movie. Yeah. He likes the second Andrew Garfield one. Um, so he he just likes Spider-Man. Um, so Did he you? went into Venom. He he liked Venom. I was like, gonna say, did he like Venom. the first one? Okay, so yeah, that's he liked really the first one. And like he because he, he was asking like, oh, who's this Carnage guy? You know, stuff like that. It's like, oh, it's like a different kind of Venom. Yes, <laughs> I didn't really know, um, and he surprised me, and he was like, "Yeah, so we went to go see, uh, uh, you know, Let There Be Carnage, and that was not a good movie. Like, uh, I, I did not like it." And like he, he he was asking me like, "So how is?" Because apparently he spoiled it for me. So Tim, don't right. worry, my dad spoiled <laughs> it for me before you did. Um, and he was like, oh, so Spider-Man is going to be with, with Venom now? And they're going to fight Venom? They, um, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, um, he, he did not like it, which really surprised me. Because he likes all those bad Spider-Man movies. <laughs> yeah, that, that is interesting. Because I wasn't a fan of the first one. I yeah. really didn't like care for it too much. I'm just going into it, I knew... There's going to be a big sticking point of Venom's origin not being tied to Spider-Man. I just can't get past that. <laughs> That's such a big reason why I love the character so much from those 90s comics uh, or late 80s, 90s comics. So just right off the bat, the movie got on a, on a, bad, <laughs> on a bad foot for me. There were some good moments I did enjoy. I did like the whole dynamic between Eddie Brock and the symbiote. Once they become Venom, I did like that interaction. And Venom Let There Be Carnage was that time's... Or taken to 11, I should say. It was just more of that. And when I saw it, much to my surprise, I enjoyed it a lot more than I thought I would. I wanted to see it because I'm, Venom and Carnage were such classic characters from that 90s era of Spider-Man comics. I just grew up loving. And even last weekend, I just went back and reread a bunch of those 90s Spider-Man comics. And they still hold up so great today. I just love those stories. And just the artwork by Mark Bagley and those his designs for Venom and Carnage are just classic. I just love all those issues. So I, I wanted to see it regardless for me not enjoying the first one too much and kind of going in knowing what to expect. And I, I just enjoyed it for what it is, to be honest. And it, it's it been compared to like a buddy comedy or even like a romantic comedy between Venom or Eddie Brock and the symbiote, which is kind of accurate, yeah. I will say. <laughs> when you see where the relationship goes in there, where they kind of have a, a falling out or a breakup where the symbiote leaves Eddie for a little bit tries to go off on his own and tries uh, bonding with other people at random. And it's just not the same. And he realizes how he needs Eddie and Eddie realizes he needs him. So just again, their dynamic is just a lot more at the forefront in this movie. And while that aspect of Venom is never going to be my favorite, um, like, I, like I said, I do like that more 
uh, take on him in those early 90s comics, mainly because of his hatred, uh, both their hatred for Spider-Man, how that drives them. And of course, that's not present for these movies. So they have to do something different. Except, and, can I ask you a question? Yeah. Was, um, I kind of have this feeling where it's like, Venom is sort of like Spawn. He's mostly image, right? He's mostly the art. Is that true? Or See, for me personally, I don't think so. I really like the backstory they created for him in the comics. Like with Eddie Brock being blaming Peter for all his failures in life and the symbiote hating Peter for rejecting him and just how they have Eddie and the symbiote have that same bond and that's what fuels them to join together. Then their their relationship grows kind of beyond that and how they come to realize like they're not the same without each other. So I think there is more to Eddie Brock and Venom than just being a visual looking character but saying that i can't deny how that is the thing that draws you in most because it's such a great design that look at venom it is so so cool also the the coolest looking character in marvel uh versus capcom i would have to agree yeah (laughs) i'll go ahead and say that yeah (laughs) i was just thinking if there was anyone else maybe that might be a little cooler but no i'll go with venom yeah (laughs) yeah i'm trying to think yeah, 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 yeah. I agree with myself. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we could put a definitive stamp on that. <laughs> so yeah, like I said, the movie it just takes that comedy aspect more at the forefront. And while it's not my favorite thing about the character, it was still entertaining to see in the movie. There is some fun bits between Eddie and the symbiote, and just like the fights that they would have both in their head and physically <laughs> once uh, they try to. What's the symbiote leaves Eddie? Just the physical fight they have was pretty entertaining, and just seeing their how they live and their dynamic, where Eddie has to constantly, or the symbiote constantly has to feed to maintain his energy. And the thing that, as we know, even in the comics, that he likes to have is human brains. <laughs> he wants to eat people, but yet Eddie Brock would only allow him to have like chocolate and eat chickens. And they even have two pet chickens because the symbiote couldn't bring himself to eat these two because he saw a connection between those two chickens, almost like him and Eddie, <laughs> just fun, ridiculous <laughs> stuff like that. <laughs> it just makes you crack it while you're watching it. But of course, the main thing about the movie was going to be Carnage's first appearance in this film. And I have to say Carnage was pretty darn awesome. Just visually seeing him on screen was quite the trip. I thought he looked great. I kind of feel like I might be in the morning minority with that because of some reactions I see on Twitter that uh, there were some people who didn't, I think Carnage looked all that great. And yeah, of course, there's going to be some shots in there where the CG doesn't look fantastic. But I just think in the design aspect, like they really capture the look of how the Carnage symbiote looks. And just seeing that in live action, how he moves, how he creates his weapons, it just all looked amazing to see on screen. And I just loved seeing that. And I thought Woody Harrelson did a good job as Cletus Cassidy be- uh, becoming that crazy serial killer and having that those twisted bits of dialogue that those type of characters have and that Cletus Cassidy has in the comics. It was a little, maybe a little held back than certain variations of Cletus Cassidy that we've seen in, in the comics, but uh, I thought he still captured the essence of the character. So that dynamic, a, a little different, of course, to how we got the symbiote from Venom in the comics, because we know in the comics, Eddie Brock and Cletus were cellmates. And once the symbiote came to Eddie and broke him out, it left his spawn for Cletus to, to attach itself with and that's how we got the carnage symbiote but in this one um 
I did like the story that they set up, though, too, where Cletus is in his twisted way, wanted to become friends with Eddie Brock and but use them to tell to report on his side of the story and try uh, to make him to make the public see that he's not just this condemned crazy serial killer. He does have a past that he wants people to see and know about. But Eddie doesn't tell that side of the story. Uh, so he kind of feels betrayed by Eddie. And once he's about to be executed, he has to see Eddie one last time um, before his execution to kind of call him out on that and just tell Eddie all I really I wanted was to be your friend. And I'll kind of play the soft story a little bit. But um, he starts poking uh, or knowing some of Eddie's secrets about his past and then starts jabbing that at Eddie. The symbiote's not having that in Eddie. So the symbiote attacks Cletus and they start struggling and as Cletus tries to break free from the symbiote's hold, he bites Eddie's hand, and that's how a uh, little bit of the symbiote gets into Cletus's bloodstream, and that's how Carnage is born. So um, some similarities, some differences, but in the course of the movie, I thought it worked fine for how we got the symbiote. And of course, it all leads to uh, the big brawl at the end, That the, the main reason everyone wants to see this movie, Venom versus Carnage, and that didn't disappoint. It was a great fight sequence between those two characters that... I've read a lot about in the pages of the comics and to seeing it done in live action in a satisfying way, I, I really dug. I thought Andy Serkis just in general, I thought did a great job directing this kind of movie. They knew what they were going for and they delivered on it with uh, some of the can't be more ridiculous things that <laughs> they really want to be at the forefront. You know, that's what they wanted to do. So we did it and it was entertaining. But then when you get to the CG action sequences, that's where I think Andy Serkis really shined and just bringing those symbiotes to life in live action in a cool fight sequence I thought worked worked really well. And again, it was just a trip seeing those two characters I grew up reading in back in the 90s, finally duking it out in live action was a whole lot of fun. So I really dug it. And then uh, the one thing, this is going to lead me to the end credit scene, but the one thing I was a little disappointed about how they left things where in the final battle, um, Venom pretty much eats the carnage symbiote, <laughs> killing it. And then, I thought, okay, there'll be a way to bring it back if they ever wanted to bring Cletus Cassidy and Carnage back. But then they end up biting the head off of Cletus Cassidy, so <laughs> thus killing off Carnage. And that took me by surprise. Like, wow, really? Pretty much the biggest villain you can have in a Venom movie, they just automatically killed off? That's a bit disappointing. But then uh, when the movie ends, Betty, Venom and, uh, or I should say, Eddie and the symbiote, they kind of leave San Francisco. They have to be on the run because they're still... Uh, being chased by the FBI for the events that happened in the first movie. So they're just trying to get off to a completely brand new start and start somewhere fresh. So they're just on the run. And then it ends with them just kind of sitting together on the beach, just looking at the ocean. You see Eddie sitting there, the symbiotes out there talking to him. That's just some of the crazy, ridiculous stuff in this movie that just works so well. You just see this human on the beach looking out and you got this alien blob of goo talking to them and just saying how much like they appreciate and need each other and just what they're going to do forward and yet it works it's ridiculous almost a concept but it works in this movie and so it just kind of ends with them kind of want embracing that lethal protector moniker that they've had to uh, in their way just pr protect the innocence and to kind of be on the run and that but they'll stick together doing it so that's where the movie ends but then we get the post credit scene where they're just sitting in kind of this beach hotel room watching a novella on TV <laughs> talking about the character's decisions. And then uh, the symbiote tells Eddie Brock kind of how he has this vast knowledge of 
several universes and like Eddie's brain cannot comprehend. So he's just going to give Eddie a glimpse of some of the experiences him and his, the other symbiotes have of the known universes. And I say universes in plural, because that's the big thing. <laughs> so you see Eddie about to shut, he shuts his eyes. Looks like he's going to go into this trance and like the room around him starts changing colors. Things are switching around. And then you see Eddie open his eyes and the room is totally different. They're in a much fancier hotel room in space. And he's kind of freaking out. And the symbiote tells Eddie Brock, this this wasn't me. I don't know what the heck's going on. So as you see them trying to adjust to their new surroundings, you see the TV screen. They're not watching that novella show anymore, but it's a news broadcast of J. Jonah Jameson talking about the events of Spider-Man Far From Home, where Peter's Parker's identity is revealed by Mysterio. And you see Eddie Brock's face look puzzling looking at the TV screen, but then they actually show a still image of Peter Parker, Tom Holland, you're seeing him on screen as Spider-Man. And once Eddie Brock sees that, the symbiote fully goes on him and he's Venom. And he just gets entranced by seeing Peter. And he just says the words, that guy. And Venom's huge, large tongue starts licking the screen. <laughs> and then someone in the hotel room comes in, like, hey, what are you doing here? Showing that, you know, they're in a different universe. <laughs> they're in the Marvel Cinematic Universe now. There's no if ands, or buts about it. They're, he's in it. So, uh, so, so that's what, yeah, yeah. my dad was asking me, like, <laughs> I guess he didn't really understand this, this multiverse thing and mm. like how Venom moved into, um, uh, the, the, the Marvel cinematic universe. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, I didn't see the movie. So I, I, yeah. don't, know what's, <laughs> I don't know what's going on. <laughs> so yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Mm. And they did specifically reveal it or say it but right now i'm just assuming what we saw in the spider-man no way home trailer with dr strange casting that spell and everything goes crazy i'm thinking that's an effect of that where somehow eddie and the symbiote got drawn in or got taken by that spell or whatever and and just like dr octopus and green goblin are now taken into that universe this version of venom was taken from his universe into the marvel cinematic universe now so that's how i'm treating it as i don't know if if the thing the symbiote was doing to Eddie Brock about showing him his knowledge of the universes had it played a part. Maybe it did. Maybe that was the connection to Dr. Strange's spell that brought Venom in here. I don't know. We'll see. But um, yeah, Venom's in the Marvel Cinematic Universe now. And I'm curious. I'm both excited and also a little, I don't know, nervous or a little skeptical about where it can go because I just don't want the Sony side of things messing too much with the Marvel side of things, the Marvel studio side of things and the creative aspect of what they're going to do with Spider-Man and Peter Parker going forward. And like, is Spider-Man is Venom going to stay in the Marvel universe now, or is at the end of no way home is Peter going to jump to the Sony Venom universe with more, the Morbius movie and the Craven movie coming up and all that stuff. So I was really curious to see how it's going to work. But just from the Venom side of things, I'm just excited about this version of Venom meeting up with the Tom Holland version of Spider-Man. Because as I said before, you know, uh, I was disappointed that this version of Venom, his origin has no connection to Spider-Man. If we get that done in a different way, but yet similar moving forward, maybe they'll have that hatred for him. But yet 
uh, reluctant allies at certain moments too. I could maybe work with that. Uh, so we'll see where it goes. I'm kind of hoping that obviously the symbiote recognizes something about Peter Parker when he sees his images. So I don't know if he's, like he said, he has knowledge of other universes. So does he know of different versions of Spider-Man already? And the, the fact that he's seen one on TV, that's why he says that guy and he recognizes him. So it's going to be interesting. But I just do hope at some point, whether it's in the next Venom movie or there's a, just like a whole separate Spider-Man Venom team-up movie, because I don't think Venom's going to be in No Way or No Way Home. Maybe he will, but uh, if anything, maybe I think he might show up in a post-credit scene or an end-credit scene, something like that. But um, I just hope at one point that symbiote that Eddie Brock has in this movie goes and bonds with Peter Parker just for a little bit. Because one, Tom Hardy, because Tom Hardy plays obviously Eddie Brock, but then he does the voice of the symbiote in Venom. And it's he does a great job of making the two different characters. So if we get Tom Hardy's Venom as the symbiote, going back and forth with Tom Holland's Peter Parker, that could be really fun and entertaining. But the big reason for me is I'm just dying to see that classic black suit Spider-Man in the symbiote costume done in live action for the first time. It's like all the problems I'd have with the Venom movies and not being connected to Spider-Man's origin and all that stuff. I might be able to forgive it if we just get a movie with at least a good portion of it Spider-Man in that classic costume <laughs> because that's like the one thing as a diehard comic book fan that we haven't seen yet in live action. It seems something so simple to do, but all these Spider-Man movies and we have not gotten that iconic black Spider-Man symbiote costume in live action. So, and I trust that Marvel Studios would do that if uh, we get to that point because God, it's going to look amazing on screen. <laughs> so, yeah, it's coming from a more superficial place of just something visually that I want. But that suit is one of the coolest, if not the coolest, superhero costumes ever. And it des deserves to be done in live action. So I'll be all for it if that happens. So we'll see what happens moving forward. It's definitely exciting. Um, but uh, it, it does make me more excited for Spider-Man No Way Home because, I mean, I'm extremely super excited for that. Uh, regardless, but you add this wrinkle into that and it just makes you excited for what could possibly happen and just not knowing exactly where things are going to end up by the time that movie's over. So it's going to be a lot of fun leading up to its December release and speculating and just finally seeing how it's all going to play out. But yeah, Venom, Let There Be Carnage. I enjoyed it for what it is. I definitely had more fun with it than I did with the first movie. Again, it's not going to be recognized as one of the best superhero movies ever. But um, I appreciate it for them knowing what they wanted to do with it. They did it, and they had some pretty awesome uh, visuals to go along with it. Seeing Venom and Carnage be brought to life in live action was uh, really cool to see as a lifelong fan of those characters. So, yeah, I dug it. So, And then you throw in the end credit scene, and just what that's going to do <laughs> to both universes is exciting. So um, throw that all into it. I'm going to go ahead and give it three and a half out of five, um, which is higher than I was expecting <laughs> for it to be going into the movie. So uh, I was pleasantly surprised by it. No, I forget. I forget uh, the um, No Way Home trailer. It is, is that movie going to be set in New York or are they going someplace else? Um, I'm pretty sure it's going to be mo mostly New York. I mean, they might go someplace uh, okay. later on in the movie, but they're definitely in New York for a good portion of it. Because, I mean, I I liked uh, Far From Home, uh, mm -hmm. but one of the, like the 
uh, negative aspects, I guess you could say, negative nitpicks, I guess you could say, is um, I, I just kind of didn't really care for the, for them going to, you know, like, Eastern Europe for yeah. that whole movie. Um, you didn't enjoy being on them with their summer vacation. <laughs> yeah, no, not, not necessarily, Tim. <laughs> I thought we could have done something in, in New York since, uh, you know, Spider-Man is a New York-based superhero, but. Yeah. Yeah, at the same time, it's like you've had six other movies before that all in New York, so why not mix it up for this for that one? <laughs> you could have one in yeah. other words in other countries. <laughs> also, another negative um, thing about I guess all of the the, the I almost said Tom Hardy, uh, Tom Holland, uh, Spider-Man movies. Uh, I can't believe they haven't done this yet. Is a really weird death scene in the middle of <laughs> any of those movies. Thank goodness. It's <laughs> <laughs> that rose between his teeth. Ah, that's sad to say that's what's the main thing you remember from Spider-Man 3. <laughs> <laughs> Is that whole sequence. Yes. Uh... That, that and uh, Venom never wearing his <laughs> mask. Yeah, very rarely being the full Venom costume. Yeah. I don't know. Now let's have Topher Grace with these fangs more. Yeah. <laughs> and, and those black veins or whatever he has on his face. Yeah, like it's already starting to cover his face, just cover it all. <laughs> yeah. You uh, wanna see you wanna see Venom because he's a like I said, he's a, he's like a visual character. Mm-hmm. Totally, yeah. Um but no, let's uh show some Topher Grace. You could probably just count on maybe just your both of your hands of how many shots there are in Spider-Man Three where he's on full, his like full Venom costume. <laughs> yeah. I don't think there's that many. He, 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 he doesn't even have it at the end, right? No, no yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You would think that he would have it at the end. But I don't know. I think that'll forever be my most disappointed comic book movie that I've, that I've seen. <laughs> I was so excited that they were doing the symbiote story, and that's how they decided to do it. <laughs> I gotta revisit that one. I'll pull, yeah, I, I probably will. I want to watch all of the Spider-Man movies and leading up to No Way Home. So yeah, that'll be on the list. <laughs> and if if I remember correctly. Um, the the amazing Spider-Man two, uh, that was the one where people were complaining that it was mostly Peter Parker, right? Yeah, I, I think you say that for both Amazing Spider-Man movies. Oh, that it was mostly this the, the Peter Parker character rather than the uh, Spider-Man character. Yep. Uh, yeah. Even to a degree, the Sam Raimi films, I think too. I think that, that's why I like really like the new ones. It's I think the perfect balance between Peter Parker and Spider-Man stuff. You don't feel one's overshadowing the other where you want, like, there's not enough Spider-Man. Because you know, I think you always got that feeling in most of the movies before that. At least I did. Yeah. Just as long as he wears that cool um, uh, endgame suit. Yeah, he'll definitely have it in uh, this one. They already showed it in the trailer. So. <laughs> oh, okay, good. Don't, don't worry about that. Yeah, I, 
I don't think they should go back to the, the original Spider-Man suit. I think they should just have more of that one. It's hard to ditch the classic, though. I mean, <laughs> yeah, that's Spider-Man. Yeah. Like I said, as long as that somebody gets that black symbiote suit, I'll be happy. <laughs> it's just the Spider-Man suit black. But it looks so darn awesome. <laughs> Come on. Tell me I'm not wrong. Yes, it's simple, but darn if it's cool. Yeah, you're not wrong. Even though when I was a kid watching the um, the animated series, mm, that was, like, amazing. He has, a, yeah, he has the black suit for like a few episodes, right? Yeah, two episodes he had it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I remember every time those episodes would come on, I would turn it off because I, I, did, I, I didn't like the, the black Spider-Man suit. I only like the original. So, uh, if we knew each other back then as little kids, Dana, I'd, <laughs> I'd probably be all over you. <laughs> Telling you, what's wrong with you? <laughs> well, Tim, don't you know? I only like the original stuff, okay? I only like oh, you're a purist. Right? You try to, yeah, if, if, you, if you try to add anything new, if you try to take the franchise in a new direction, I, don't, I automatically don't like it no matter how good it is. How much the franchise needed it? Uh, I only like the original stuff, and I don't like the the re-release stuff. Okay, Tim, I want the original cut of the original Spider-Man cartoon. Okay, <laughs> I'm sure you have a YouTube channel I can watch where you sh- share all your frustrations to everyone, right? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I, I have a YouTube channel. I have a Twitter account. I have an Instagram account, and I have. They, they all have these catchy titles like 15 things that the original Spider-Man cartoon got right that Far From Home or Homecoming got wrong. <laughs> and it's just me bashing those two movies, soon to be three movies. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you'll bash the third one because even though it's not out that, you already know that it's not going to be good. Oh, right? yeah. I, I already know it's not going to be good, Tim, because... Only it's it's not gonna be the original stuff stuff then. It's gonna be different. So of course I have to I have to hate it before I even see it. <laughs> well you convinced me I'm not gonna go watch it now. <laughs> oh, good, good. Have one convert. That'll show Disney, person. right? They won't have my ten dollars. Yeah, <laughs> yeah multi billion dollar <laughs> ten dollars. <laughs> Or, ah, excuse me, $20, Tim, because I'm not going to see it either. Oh, so that's true. $20. What if we're going to see it in gold. IMAX, too, where it's a little more expensive? So maybe $40. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Surely they didn't, they, didn't buy, um, they didn't buy Star Wars for billions of dollars, right? <laughs> I mean, it's not like they would have billions of dollars lying around to buy Star Wars, right? No, yeah, we're really going to stick it to them. And make them hurt. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Voting with our dollars. <laughs> I guess you could say. Uh, it's sad to say that's, I'm sure there's a lot of people who are actually feeling that way. <laughs> yeah. With that mindset. Yeah, just don't listen to them. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Getting quite good at tuning all that out. <laughs> yeah. yeah it just does no good for anyone. Yeah, I've I've actually been uh, cleaning up my my YouTube um, 
uh, I guess you could say homepage. Like if you type in, you know, or if you go to YouTube, there's like a bunch of recommended videos or, you know, like, yeah. I don't know, you, you watch the Star Wars trailer. So they, the algorithm or whatever shows you a bunch of Star Wars videos. So I've been yeah, all the ones you don't want to see. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So like 15 things that Rise of Skywalker got wrong or Last Jedi got wrong or Force Awakens got wrong or Disney got wrong. Um, I, I, I've just been like, don't recommend this shot because there's an option where you can click it and then yeah, it'll, it'll be like, don't recommend this channel or don't recommend this kind of video. So I mean, yeah. I've, I've been slowly like cleaning that up. Yeah, I do that to every t- one of those type of videos that show up on my homepage too, just immediately. <laughs> it's like, don't show this again. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, I don't want to see that. I don't want to nope. see that. <laughs> Yeah, so that's the feature topic for this episode. Not really much news going on, except for next week is going to be a big news week because uh, next weekend is going to be DC Fandom for this year. They just released a new trailer that uh, came out a few days ago, highlighting everyone and everything that's going to be there, and it's looks like it's going to be as fun as it was last year. I mean, it was so much fun just spending the whole Saturday just watching all these panels and getting this all these first looks at all these upcoming DC projects, both movies, TVs, and comics. And um, can't remember how amazing it was seeing that first teaser and look for the Batman and that section they had with a conversation with Matt Reeves. And um, it's definitely confirmed we're getting a new trailer for the Batman next weekend. I mean, they even have that at the end of the DC fandom trailer. They're just saying, make sure you watch for the new Batman trailer. So that's going to be awesome. Robert Pattinson's going to be there. So we'll probably get to hear him talk about Batman uh, for the first time, and I'm pretty sure Matt Reeves will be there too. <laughs> I really enjoyed that first conversation they had in that last year. So if we get a little more insight from him, that's going to be great too. So I mean, just for that, it's going to be worth it. But then we're going to be getting our first looks at the the Black Adam or Black Adam movie with the Rock. Pierce Brosnan's going to be there um, as Doctor Fate. We know he's playing, and probably after the Batman, the one I'm most anxious to see and hopefully get a lot of cool looks at is the Flash movie. Obviously, with Michael Keaton being back as Batman, if we get some first footage, I, I think we'll get a trailer because they've been shooting for a while now, or at least some type of teaser for it. So, man, I just can't imagine what the reaction is going to be if we they end the trailer or the teaser with the shot of Michael Keaton in that bat suit, maybe with the Batmobile even too. That's just going to be insane and just great. And yeah, so that I'm sure Aquaman 2 might get a little stuff on. And even from the video game side, obviously, Batman Gotham Knights another look at that the suicide squad game from rocksteady and then one thing i'm hoping for too i'm not sure if we'll get a lot because it might be early in production but i believe jj abrams is on the guest list for dc fandom and i know he has multiple dc projects he's involved in but if we get something about the upcoming batman the cape crusader show with him bruce tim and matt reeves that would be awesome (laughs) i'm not like again i'm not sure how much they can show after really early in production but even if it's just the three of them talking about it kind of giving us a feel of more details about the show i would love that as well because that is one of my most anticipated batman projects coming up in the future so yeah a lot of great stuff to look forward to next week with dc fandom it's going to be awesome uh to experience all that again and we'll be sure to talk about and recap all that stuff in our next episode in two weeks so um we have that to look forward to should be a next a fun real fun next couple of weeks with all this stuff going on so 
I can't wait. Yeah, I totally forgot about Aquaman 2 and the Flash movie. Yeah, Aquaman 2, I know, just recently started production, maybe about a month ago. But the Flash has been in production for a while, so they might even be done or in pretty close to done filming by the time uh, they're probably ramping up for DC fandom. So I'm expecting to see quite a bit from <laughs> the Flash movie next week. Is uh, is Ezra Miller going to get uh, a writing credit? Not about really? a writing credit. Maybe he'll probably get a story credit, yeah. I would think. Oh, story credit. Yeah. yeah. So I remember like, I remember us talking about like when when that news got announced that he he was actually going to be writing the story. Yeah, him and Grant Morrison. Remember? <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh my god. <laughs> I would like to. It. Yeah. yeah. That's back the days where we we're kind of always skeptical about the Flash movie would ever happen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but but now we can be skeptical that this Green Lantern movie isn't going to happen. Right. Well, remember, it's supposed to be out last year. So, <laughs> man, I want to, I want to see that schedule again. I know we should look it up. You know, what? I kind of speaking of Green Lantern. You know what? Also, too, I hopefully we get some little more details on the Green Lantern HBO Max series coming up. That would be awesome too. But um, I'm kind of feeling bad now. We didn't really do anything to celebrate the 10 year anniversary of the Ryan Reynolds Green Lantern movie back in June. <laughs> What uh, what 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 exactly would we be celebrating? <laughs> uh, <laughs> now I, I've gone on the record. I said many times I still find myself enjoying that movie. Is it the Green Lantern movie? It should have been absolutely not, but it's still a part of me that I just, <laughs> I enjoy watching it. I mean, I I guess <laughs> I guess <laughs> that was funny too. Even Ronald Reynolds, who's like. Could do like a live tweet uh, stream of watching the movie for the first time, I think, in 10 years, first 10 year anniversary. Yeah. But he goes, like, he tries to find it streaming. He's like, I think this is the only comic book movie that isn't available anywhere to stream. So now I have to end up buying it just to do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder why that one isn't streaming. It is now. I think it is on HBO Max now. It was on Netflix too, but I guess when he was watching it, <laughs> it wasn't available. Uh, okay, so I got the uh, the the slate, uh, the movie release slate or whatever. So okay, what was it? I met uh, BVS Donna Justice 2016, Suicide Squad 2016, Wonder Woman 2016. They were pretty good. We got all those movies. <laughs> Four. Yeah. But then, I mean, I'm not sure you tell me. Justice League Part 1. Yeah, I remember it was supposed, supposed to be two parts. We got that. Yeah. Or some type of version of so, it. <laughs> the Flash, 2018. No, man. <laughs> That's way far off. <laughs> <laughs> it's only three years off, Tim. Four years off. Um, Aquaman, we got it. We got that. 2018. Yeah. Shazam, 2019. Got, got that. that. Justice League Part 2 <laughs> was supposed to be in 2019. Uh, well, does the Snyder Cut maybe count as that two years later? <laughs> I, I guess. Uh, Cyborg, 2020. Didn't get that? Well, I don't think we're ever getting that. At least not with Ray Fisher. 
And finally, finally, Tim, Green Lantern 2020. Uh, <laughs> there it is. <laughs> that one didn't, didn't happen. Yeah, how are we looking on that? <laughs> <laughs> hey, if this series ends up being as good as I'm hoping it is, I'll be happy. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, I, I guess technically we got all these films, right? Uh, <laughs> I it. guess eventually. Yeah, I, only I one cyborg. About it. There, there, there was, there was a Justice League movie. movie. There was technically a cyborg movie, mm. right? I mean, he was a big part of the Snyder Cut. Uh, yeah, if you want to stretch the, it, <laughs> big part of the Snyder Cut version of the second part. Of Justice League, the second cut of Justice League. There you go. That's all. <laughs> That's there how to justify go. it. Being the so part two on that one. got that. And we're technically, technically, Tim, we are getting Flash movie. Four yeah, years just, late. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, wasn't there, wasn't the Ben Affleck's Batman and another Man of Steel movie on there? Yeah, it was supposed to be Man of Steel 2 and. The, the Ben Affleck Batman movie, right? Yeah, were those on there for any years? No, no, I did say. It, 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 it was just the... <clears throat> it was just those movies I said. Okay. I guess not. So. And those never happened either, so I guess... <laughs> maybe that list is more accurate than we thought. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The only thing... That, the only inaccuracy, I guess you could say, is Green Lantern. Right? Yeah. Because that's definitely not coming. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, the TV show. If the TV show's a hit, they'll probably just continue on with that and not worry about a movie. Why do you got to be such negative Nancy, Tim? <laughs> Why can't you just be... When it comes to Green Lantern and live action, how can I not be a negative Nancy? <laughs> It's weird how they released one movie and that sort of just killed all of the other movies. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was supposed to be their Iron Man. Launched the whole DC universe. Oh. Really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was supposed to be their Iron Man? Okay. <laughs> nice they, try. They, but... <laughs> they, yeah, they, they kind of missed the mark on that one. Yeah. Um, just think, ten years uh, we could have, if it was like everything was successful, maybe right now if we would have got a final Justice League movie where Hal Jordan sacrifices himself to save everyone, just like Tony Stark did in Endgame. But <laughs> nope. <laughs> um, but you bring up that Iron Man movie, I still can't get over the fact, Tim, that I brought this up before. That um, that guy that was with Tony Stark when he gets kid, kid uh, kidnapped. Uh, mm-hmm and put into the cave yeah i still can't believe like all you marvel fans haven't thought about him <laughs> I, he gets up he gets mentioned in some of discussions about the entire marvel universe at least in some of the circles i follow with i mean he doesn't get yeah. probably the recognition he deserves as far as how important his role is to the whole marvel universe i agree <laughs> but yeah he definitely deserves more recognition i i, agree. I would agree with that it's weird how he's never mentioned again in any of the Marvel movies. He does show up in Mar- Iron Man 3 in a flashback. He does? Yeah. 
Okay. Okay, one. Because he, he mentioned that in the first Iron Man, how he, he and Tony Stark met once before, and Tony didn't even recognize him or, or remember him. Yeah. And they actually showed that interaction in Iron Man 3 in the beginning. <laughs> I think that's so funny. It's like, you know, can, can you build me a big suit so that I can get out of here? And like, Oh, okay. You you're cool with dying. Okay, yeah, that's good. That's cool. Um, so just stand behind me, and like, hopefully you don't get hit by a random gunfire or a bomb or something. Nah, you see, it's we all good. we, we did have this debate on a few episodes ago, where it's like his yeah. plan all along was never to escape. He wanted to die, and even Tony Tony didn't know that he wanted to help protect him, and he ran off. And Tony told him, you know, no, stay here, stick to the plan. He had a plan, but. Yensen didn't want to. He wanted, he, his plan was to die all along. So it wasn't like Tony Stark didn't care about him or <laughs> didn't appreciate him or anything like that. I guess. I don't know. I think that's just. You got to watch it. Just, just, watch, just watch that sequence again. You'll see how it, it plays out much differently than how you're interpreting it now. <laughs> it's just a little hole in the uh, story. I'm saying, I'm saying, and. No, I don't know the, the whole history of Yetsin. <laughs> yeah, so, I think yeah. I think you need to revisit it. <laughs> okay. Okay. Maybe, maybe, maybe I'm wrong, Tim. Maybe I'm wrong. No, I know you're wrong. <laughs> and then I could post a YouTube yeah. video of the five reasons why Dane's wrong yeah. on Yensen <laughs> and Iron Man one. <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll make sure to hit the don't recommend this channel. Don't yeah. this <laughs> Span it with a bunch of dislikes on there. Yeah. We're, we're starting a YouTube feud between us, Dane. <laughs> yep. The saddest kind of fight. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, on that note, since I guess uh, we're not going to be podcasting together anymore because of this feud, uh, I might as well throw it to you for our final outro, Dane, now that we're mortal enemies. <laughs> or mortal YouTube enemies. <laughs> the saddest kind of grudge you can have. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, just go over to BatmanUniverse.net, Facebook.com, slash BatmanUniverse, Twitter handles at BatmanUniverse, uh, show Twitter handles at Batman's podcast, Tim's Twitter handles at TimG311. My Twitter handle is at DanesWithBanana. Rate and review us on iTunes. You can email the show at BatFansWithOutPans at gmail.com. So with that, I can see you in every single episode. We love each and every one of you with all of our sad, pathetic YouTube feuding hearts. <laughs> oh, that's, that's, that's one for the ages. That's <laughs> for the ages. <laughs> we'll see you guys next time. See you next time, everybody.